live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. For many people, uh, because the 4th of July falls on a Saturday, tomorrow is going to be the holiday. So I'm sure a lot of folks looking forward to an extended holiday weekend. That's great. Weather looks like it's going to be a little bit warm, but around here you never complain about warm weather. At least I don't think you should. So if you're out and about and you think, boy, it's a little bit hot out there, just remember December, January, February, March. April. They, they are all coming up and enjoy the warm weather. Well, for everybody out there pushing the notion of defund the police. And again, I, I understand for many people that they recognize that defunding the police is a kook idea. And so they, they try to downplay it and they say, well, we, we don't really mean defund. We mean just take some money away, not all money. Now, a lot of people do want to just completely get rid of police departments, but some say, okay, let, let's take 10% or, or 20% of, of the budget away, which is going to lead to fewer police officers on the street, which means fewer police officers to respond to calls. For everybody who thinks that's a good idea, I would just kind of direct you to, oh, the last 24 to 48 hours in the city of Milwaukee. Here's the headline in the local paper. Within 20 hours, five dead in Milwaukee shootings, including a 16-year-old girl. I guess the the bad guys, the criminals, haven't kind of gotten the message yet that there is a movement out there to try to defund the police that at least hasn't taken off yet. Here's the story. Five people died in shootings between Tuesday night and Wednesday evening including a 16-year-old girl. Just before 10.30 p.m. Tuesday, police responded to a call in the 3400 block of North 8th Street found a 16-year-old girl dead of a gunshot wound. Four hours later, around 2.30 Wednesday morning, police responded to a call in the 2700 block of North Holton Street found a 20-year-old man also shot and killed. And two men, ages 33 and 34, died around 2.30 p.m. Wednesday in a shooting in the 1900 block of South 19th Street. Then, a 20-year-old man from Brown Deer died around 6.50 p.m. Wednesday in a shooting in the 7800 block of North 60th Street. The circumstances that led to the shootings are being investigated. Five people dead in approximately a 24-hour period or less than that on, on the mean streets of Milwaukee. And unfortunately, that is not an aberration this year. Here, Here is the staggering numbers. All right, with, with the latest shooting deaths, now we're only halfway through 2020. With the latest shooting deaths, 91 homicides in the first six months of 2020, 91 homicides in the city of Milwaukee. Let me give you some perspective. In all of 2019, all of 2019, 
there were 97 homicides in the city of Milwaukee. So in other words, halfway into the year, we have almost as many homicides for this year as there were the entire last year. And going into a a hot 4th of July weekend, I I mean, look, believe me, I I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, would anybody be surprised if, if the city of Milwaukee surpasses the homicide total for last year by the end of this weekend? Now, I hope that's not the case, but you know, people just haven't apparently gotten the message out there. And, and keep in mind, as I always say, homicides are only one indicator of the level of violence. Because, candidly, I, I think you want to look at shootings. Because anytime somebody is shot, it could easily turn into a homicide. It, it's just in many cases, but for the grace of God, that the bullet... I don't know, exits the fleshy part of somebody's arm as opposed to hitting somebody in the chest and nipping a ventricle and the person bleeds out. It's Shootings are, are up. Homicides are up dramatically. And yet you have people out there who are, including people, elected officials, who are seriously considering saying, you know what, let's, let's take a bunch of money from the police department. Let's let's cut the police department budget by 10 percent, which would result in, I don't know, a couple hundred less cops on the street or out to do investigations. I mean, who in their right mind could possibly, possibly think that that is a good idea? And yet there's a lot of elected officials who, I guess, believe that that's the case because, well, it's the hip, trendy and politically correct thing to do. Meanwhile, you've got people that are dying, dying. swarms of people who are dying on the mean streets of Milwaukee. And it's not just an issue with Milwaukee. I mean, if you've been following what's going on in Chicago, and we've talked about this a couple times, uh, in the last Father's Day weekend, Chicago was a shooting gallery. Mother's Day weekend, it was a shooting gallery. And there's nothing that indicates that uh, Fourth of July weekend is not going to be just as bad, if not worse. And yet you have people who are saying, let's pull money away from the police departments. If anything, you should be looking, at least in my opinion, in what's going on and say, hey, we, we need to put more money into police because we've got to get a handle on, on crime. And until people in certain communities decide that, that they've had enough and they want to take back their communities from the people that are out there shooting indiscriminately and hitting 16-year-old girls and things of the like, you're going to need a police force. The, you know, it, it would be a wonderful, wonderful world if you didn't need to have police out there. Unfortunately, that is not the world we live in, and some people need to wake up to that fact. When we come back, all right, what would happen to you if you went to a major street in downtown Milwaukee, decided to block traffic, and paint your own personal message on the street? We discuss. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, this is one of my heavy sigh moments. If you haven't seen this story, yesterday afternoon, you have a a protester slash street artist who goes down outside of, of City Hall in downtown Milwaukee, 
And, you know, if, if you Water Street, which is the one of the main north-south thoroughfares in, in the city of Milwaukee and Water Streets, where just a little bit north of Wisconsin Avenue, you have a lot of the, the bars and things. And, and what the street artist, his name is um, Jeremy Wilbur, 34 years old, what he does is he paints in giant letters. The words, well, defund the police on the street from East Well Street to East Kilbourne Avenue, all over one southbound lane of Water Street. And the, the quote-unquote mural is over 13,000 square feet large. Each letter is approximately 14 feet tall. Traffic is tied up. Guy paints the, the street. Um... 14 feet tall letters. And his message, and I'm looking at one of the stories on the Internet, um, he puts defund the police. And he says, well, you know, he said it's it's very direct. He says, we want to defund the police. He said, you know, the the Common Council is talking about a 10 percent cut to the police department. He says 10 percent cut would amount to 30 million dollars. He says, I don't want the money to be. He said, we need a substantial amount more. So this is one of the guys who who wants to literally defund the, the police. But but that's not necessarily the point. We block traffic. The city did not give permission to write this political message on the street. And that's that's what it is. Defund the police is a, a statement of political opinion. And it's now all over one lane of Water Street. I, I pose the question, again, if you follow me on, on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. Uh, I mean, the question I, I ask is, if I want to go down to, let's say, Wisconsin Avenue later on today, and I want to block traffic, and I want to spray paint five dead in 24 hours, we need cops, or I want to spray paint Chief Morales' rules on Wisconsin Avenue, is, is that now okay? And should I be allowed to do that? And if we are going to allow, and that's what we did yesterday, if we're going to allow people to do this, which is, you know, paint, and I think they, they use special types of paint, which my understanding is they, they've done it in a way to make it difficult to remove the, the paint. Um, but if I want to do that or anybody else wants to do that, if you want to go down to a street in the city of Milwaukee and in big block letters, you now want to write vote for President Trump or Tom Barrett, fill in the blank. Are we allowed to do that? And why was this guy allowed to do it yesterday? By the way, this was not authorized by the city, at least when it happened. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Has the world gone mad? I mean, regardless of how you feel about the, the message, defund the police or whatever, should people now be able to go block traffic in major thoroughfares and, and write their particular moment, uh, their particular protest point, you know, on the streets. And is that now the new standard? So, like I say, if you have a group of Republican supporters of President Trump, should they now be able to go down this afternoon, block two blocks on Wisconsin Avenue of traffic and write, you know, vote for President Trump or, uh, again, Chief Morales, you know, back Chief Morales? Should we do that? And, and why not? If this is now the case, why not? 
855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, honestly, when, when I saw this story, it just occurs to me that the world the world has gone absolutely mad when we're going to stand by and allow people to do this on public streets and public properties. It's one thing to have a peaceful protest. I, I get that. It's one thing to make up your signs and to carry your signs. I, I understand that. But now are the public streets... Are they now open and fair game for any form of protest that people want to engage in? And, all right, if I've got a can of spray paint, all right, is this, is this my, is this my option to do that? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. A number of people are saying, Jeff, should we be able to go down there and paint over the D and E in the fund the police so it said fund the police? Well, that's an interesting point because if you have one so-called street artist who should be allowed to put their message on, on public streets and know this was not done without city approval, you know, right, should other people then be able to go down and, and do the, the counter message or cut or cover that out? Or my example, vote for President Trump or Chief Morales rules or, or whatever. Is this now the standard? And and if it's not, my question would be, why not? Are we now going to turn the city of Milwaukee over to, quote, unquote, street artists who want to express whatever opinion they want with their their paint? And by the way, story I'm looking at, the guy who did this, um, he, he, he intends it to be there. I mean, he said his mural, mural, his defund the police, has a primer base and an oil paint top layer. So the, the plan is we don't want this coming off anytime soon. Huh. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dave in Oak Creek. Dave, you're first. Happy 4th of July, Jeff. Yes, sir. Same to you. What do you think? Anyways, um, no, it should not be allowed. If it truly is illegal, proper measures should be taken to address that uh, with the police or whoever. But that being said, there obviously is a group of people in the United States who feel like they are not being adequately or properly represented. Mm-hmm. And um, we can sit back and say, oh, what are they talking about? Much as the British probably said when the American colonies decided they were not being properly represented, and we all know to the extent that went, I think uh, as history plays out, things are going to get uglier, not prettier. Okay, so let, but let's let's go up to the the writing the the different murals on the streets. Does this mean should should anybody be allowed to do that or no? Was this too far? No, I'm just saying if uh, if it's illegal, it's illegal, and the laws will you know enforce that. You think? But like I said, yep, yes, I do. I mean, we are a nation of laws. Just like the British had laws over the American colony, yeah, but I, we all know how that works. Yeah, no, I, 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 I heard you say. I heard you say that, Dave, and I, I, I understand. I, I think that to try to to try to equate, I don't know, defacing public property and streets with the American Revolution is, is kind of a kind of a stretch. But I understand we we live in different sort of times. I'm just questioning why we allow some things to go on. Let's talk to Al on the South Side. Al, you're on WTMJ. Thanks for taking my call, Jeff. Yes, sir. This is ridiculous because if anybody defaces property, 
And if, you know, there's a law against that, they should be arrested on the spot. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't even have happened in the first place. Well, you see, Al, I, I, Al, I'm no. with you because, you know, the, the bottom line is, let, let us say that... I decide to get my my oil-based paint, and I decide that I'm going to go out outside the police administration, and I'm going to write, support the blue, or Chief Morales is great, or whatever, on the street. They're going to stop me before I get that first letter done. Somebody's going to come along and say, you're not allowed to do this. And by the way, we're not going to block traffic. And, and yet, that we stood by and allowed this guy to do it. I mean, the world has gone crazy. Yes, your, uh, your screener said that, the, the cops were there, but didn't do anything. Yep. Well, who do they re- who who do they report to, or who can tell them, or someone told them not to arrest the people? I, I, if it was Chief Morales, and I'm a supporter of Chief Morales. Well, I doubt I doubt it was be. that. I, I think this is. I think probably what you saw, Al, was this idea of okay, let's not engage because we, you, and you've seen this. I mean, you saw this with the riots in Madison. The police were essentially said, "Don't engage because we're afraid that you're going to make it worse. Don't stop this guy from spending hours. Let, let's just block traffic and allow them to do it." And again, my only question is, if I want to go and I want to write "Vote for President Trump" on the streets of Wisconsin okay. Avenue, do you think they're going to let me do it? And the answer is, of course, they're not going to let me do it. And they shouldn't let me do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. But who's who's not pulling the trigger, so to speak? Well, thanks. Well, I mean, that, no, that I mean, I think that's a fair question. You know, what? Where was the decision? Who made? At what point was the decision made to allow somebody to put this mural up? And by the way, if the guy wants to put a mural up. Oh, go, go, go! Rent the side of a building somewhere. I mean, it, it's not the issue. If if you want to make an express political statement and defund the police is an express political statement that some people, I think, misguidedly agree with. Most of us, I don't think, think that that would be a very good idea. But okay, if if you want to make your political statement, fine. You know, rent the side of a building or or do it on some big plywood sign and then walk around the streets carrying it. You don't have the right to do it on the street. And it's amazing to me that in the city of Milwaukee, that the policy of non-engagement is so great that we're going to allow this to happen. And my guess is they're probably going to allow it to stay there because they're afraid to confront people by getting rid of it. Just saying. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. You know, interestingly, a number of people are making the point that, you know, when you when you put that kind of paint on the streets, it, it creates a, a slippery thing and people fall and cars slide on it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but you would think that that would be the fact. Um, Jeff, no one should be allowed to deface or graffiti or add art to public or private property that they do not own without their permission. Um, for example, depending on what the message would be, I, I can't imagine the police would allow people who would do the types of things that you said and the different suggestions you make. Uh, Jeff, should we be able to paint over the DE so it says fund the police? Um, yes. Jeff, outrageous behavior is catching on because our so-called leaders appease, pander, and allow it. Um, Jeff, it's outright vandalism, and this time will come where more tax dollars are going to be wasted to end up cleaning this up. Jeff, just like the mayor of Madison, Tom Barrett should come under scrutiny for not doing anything. See, that was the one thing that was missing from all the coverage, uh, whether it was on television or whether it was in the papers. And the, It's like nobody thinks to ask, 
Why was this guy allowed to do this? We, we all understand that they, they didn't have permission, that they didn't have the, the authority to do this. And so why did everybody just sit back and, and allow it? And of course, we understand the answer. The answer is number one, we, the, the current the current modus operandi is is don't engage with anybody who wants to advance the protest. Just let them do what they want because we're afraid that that's going to make matters worse because people are going to get upset. So stand by and don't in, engage. And you're, don't engage, especially if it is a, a politically correct cause. Like I say, don't go trying to write, you know, vote for President Trump outside the police administration building in the same fashion because – all right, that's not the politically correct position of the time, and you know you're going to get a uh, reaction. I have a texter saying, Jeff, the police department wants to act on this. The city won't let them. That would be my guess that that is true. That would be my guess that that is true, because just like in Madison, like I say, the authorities essentially told the police to stand down. Don't engage, don't engage the rioters unless you're, def- you're directly attacked. So if if they shoot at you, you can maybe do something. Otherwise, just stand by and, and let it go. And that's that's what we're doing right now. And nobody is wondering, you know, what the possible, you know, problem for this is, because we're afraid to engage with the protesters. And it doesn't speak very well for the mayor. And it doesn't speak very well for the leadership of the city. All right. Let us switch gears. Over the course of the last month or so, we have seen a, a spike in the reported cases of COVID-19. And you've seen it in Wisconsin, and you've seen it all across the country. Other parts of the country have been hit harder than Wisconsin. Now, as a general rule, you do not have hospital systems being overwhelmed. There's a couple exceptions in different parts of the country, but but so far, even with the spike in numbers, hospital systems, as a general rule, are not being overwhelmed, and the, the death toll is not rising anywhere near in proportion to what the the, um, the reported cases are. And, and there's a reason for that, and the reason is because the people who are getting sick now are overwhelmingly younger people. And again, I understand that this can have, nobody wants to get coronavirus. Nobody wants to get coronavirus. But as a general rule, one of the things that we've seen is statistically, the effects of coronavirus, at least what we know now, are much worse if people are older and or have various underlying health issues like hypertension or obesity or uncontrolled diabetes. If you are younger, your chances of recovering and recovering quickly are much, much greater. And so that's why, you know, I, I think people who are older or in those at-risk groups are, are are still pretty much behaving like they behaved when you had the lockdowns. Meanwhile, you have younger people who are going to parties and they're flocking to the bars. And, and of course, now the bars have become the scapegoat for the, the increase in, in COVID-19. And that, that's fine. But, but in general, it's younger people who just don't feel that it's as risky as in order, if they get it, they, they don't feel it's going to be that bad. So for example, you know, in Wisconsin, here's kind of an interesting story in the Journal Sentinel, that 20% of the state's cases of coronavirus have been reported in the last two weeks. So you, you've had a spike, and half of the positive tests 
that have identified in the last five weeks um, have come from, uh, you know, okay, so half have come over the last five weeks. And the other things that they are seeing is that of that, um, they say the majority of people are now under the age of 40. So it's younger people, and then if you break it down even farther, go like under 30, you're going to see a disproportionate percentage. So it's younger people that are are getting this because they're going out in public, they're not following the social distancing rules, and as a result, they're getting it, they're giving it to each other. Now, again, the good news is many, many, many of the people that get it, they're sick, but they don't need to be hospitalized, which is why you haven't seen the huge spike in hospitalizations. And if they get it, um, chances are they're probably not going to die. Now, there are, again, some exceptions, and, and nobody wants to get it. But if, if, you're, if you're an otherwise healthy 25-year-old, you're going to be statistically much more likely to deal with coronavirus than you are if you're an 85-year-old person that's just gotten done with you know cancer treatment. So th- that's the reality. It's being driven by younger people who are going out. All right. So now we've got the 4th of July weekend coming up. And uh, people are are justifiably concerned. It's going to be hot. It's going to be 80 or 90 degrees outside. People are going to want to go outside. People are going to be having backyard parties. People are going to be having various gatherings. And the authorities are afraid that this is going to add fuel to, you know, a a new round of of COVID-19. So today... The state of Wisconsin's Department of Health Services put out put out a press release. Uh, Department of Health Services urges residents to stay home ahead of the Fourth of July weekend. And then they this press release cites some of the numbers that I ha- have just said. And here's what part of it says: This message is especially important for younger people to hear," said Governor Tony Evers. We know this is a time people like to celebrate with friends, but COVID-19 is still spreading in our state, and we need everyone to take the necessary precautions. The Department of Health Services urges Wisconsin residents to stay home and to follow best public health practices during the upcoming 4th of July weekend. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Are you considering changing your plans? And do you think that will you be staying home that this 4th of July weekend? If you had planned to go to a backyard party or, or have a, some socialization with neighbors or family members or, or whatever, if there was a firework show in some area that you had planned to attend, and I know there's not many firework shows that are still out there, but all right, given the fact that, that COVID-19 is on the rise, primarily among young people, all right, are you going to change your plans this 4th of July? Why or why not? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, for me, I, I intend to do the same thing that I was going to do otherwise, but that's because I, I, I've never intended to engage in what I consider to be risky behavior. I, I'm if I if I go to and I'm planning on going to a little party, but it's going to be controlled. It's not going to be this large thing. I know the people that are going to be there and I am comfortable. But all right, the numbers are going up. Are you going to just say that you're going to voluntarily stay at home? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> 
Okay, so coronavirus is spiking, primarily among young people. Um, and again, bars and restaurants are, are getting the, the lion's share of the blame. I'm not sure that that's fair, but but regardless, it's, it, it, there's no question about it. You have young people, and by young I mean people under the age of 40 and, and under the age of 30, who feel they are invulnerable, who aren't practicing social distancing, who are going out to the bars, who are together in large groups, and no surprise, somebody gets it, passes it on to somebody else. Now, again, with, with some exceptions, San Antonio, for example, the hospital system's been overwhelmed, Houston, the same thing, but most of the times, the, the number of hospitalizations has not gone up proportionately with the number of people who have gotten sick because many of the people who are getting sick, or again, are in the younger age group, so they're less likely to have the severe reaction, but they can. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it that they can. So Governor Evers and the Department of Health Service is urging people to follow best health practices and to stay home for the 4th of July weekend. What are you going to do? 855-616-1620. Let's start with Vincent on the northwest side. Hi, Vincent. Good afternoon, Jeff, and happy 4th of July Same to you. you, sir. Your... Yeah, you know, I have younger, I have, I have younger uh, grandchildren uh, in their late teens and early 20s. I also have nephews, nephews that are uh, basically in their 20s as well. And usually we get together on the holidays, especially like the 4th, 4th of July weekend, which is a pretty long weekend this weekend. But uh, the fact is I would love to see them, but no, we're not going to get together this year. Uh, uh, they understand that, and they understand the conditions. I, I don't know what friends they've been around, and they, they may not have any symptoms or anything like that, but they may be carriers. I don't know. So, no, um, me and my wife, we will, we will not be uh, basically socializing with them this year until, until we get a handle on this virus. So you just don't, you just don't, tr- you don't trust your, your younger relatives to have been responsible? Well, it's not about the, 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 the trust of them, but I understand that they're young, they're, they're young and sometimes they, make, they don't make the, yeah. the, uh, the proper decisions at no. certain times and then uh, where they go and the people that they hang around. Yeah. And so I don't understand. I don't know that where they're where they where, where they've been or who they've been with. So you just don't want to take uh, the chance. I, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I thank- won't take that chance. there. No, I get it. No, thanks. I mean, I, 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 I guess. I mean, I, I understand. And that's see. I think that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen the spikes as much around people who are Vincent's age or, or older because I think a lot of us recognize that you know we don't we nobody wants to get it and you know we don't want to expose ourselves to situations now I've as the state has opened up do, do I go out to eat from time to time yes primarily when it's on on patios do I go out with friends yes but as a general rule th- these are people that I am reason- reasonably confident have been doing a, a lot of the same precautionary things that that I I have been doing. Do I have this giant desire to run into the middle of, I don't know, some large gathering where there's 500 or 1,000 people and I, I don't know who they are and I don't know you know, where some of the people have been? Well, the, the answer is no, I, I'm not in a hurry to do that. Now, am I going to stay home? No, but am I going to continue to be at least what I think is smart and avoid gatherings where it's, it's more likely that I'd be exposed to somebody? Well, yes, 855-616-1620. Marcus on the north side. Marcus, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm well, thank show you. As usual. Thank you, sir. What do you think? Are hey, you going uh, to be changing my, your plans? Uh, 
My, my plans are, are very simple. Uh, once again, so I, I want to expose my age. I'm 50 years of age. Uh, my parents are doing a barbecue. We're outside, uh, you know, mass. I have two beautiful children. Not a problem. What I want to bring to your attention is this, Jeff. I, I want to get to the core of the point. How can you enforce something like this in the central city of Milwaukee? This is a key element. First of all, you issue an order today. Do you actually think a lot of individuals do not have air conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're thinking that people are going to actually stay home on a hot 4th of July weekend and the enforcement and then the council. Uh, let me know about the common council proposal today as far as walking outside if you don't have a mask. But what is the enforcement of this weekend? Because in the central city, and, mm-hmm. and, and perfectly nothing happens that bad, but you can, there will be, I'm telling you right now, you're talking 2% enforcement as far as what's going to happen. Well, because a lot of people don't have the luxury of having something to, to, to do that type of activity. And, and young people, they're just going to go out and do what they're going to do this weekend. But I'm just talking Central City. Well, so I mean, thank, no, I, yeah, I got it. I mean, Marcus, thanks for. I mean, you raise you raise an interesting point. And, and by the way, that this isn't a it, this isn't like a safer at home order. The governor doesn't have the authority to to say nobody can go outside of their houses. This is it's sort of a a request. They're they're urging residents to stay home, and, and it is exactly that. It is a request, and they're urging people to follow best health practices, which is, of course, I, I think something that everybody should should agree and be aware of. I mean, and whether that's wearing masks if it, under certain circumstances or certainly practicing the social distancing and, and using the hand sanitizer and things of, of the like, I guess the question becomes, and I, I'm, I'm intrigued by whether we can put the genie back in, in the bottle. And, and like I say, I, I think you have to be, it's no guarantee, but I think you have to be circumspect about, about groups. I was talking to a, a friend of mine today, and she was just telling me about how, how she's got a daughter who is in, in one of the higher risk categories because of, of a condition. And, you know, she's she's just continuing to pretty much isolate because a lot of her friends um, haven't been. A lot of her friends were pouring into the bars and were out and about at the dance halls and those type of things and were continuing to congregate. And th- this that my, my friend's daughter was like, I, I just don't want to be exposed to that because some of these people weren't being smart. I'm just questioning whether or not people, it's realistic to say, stay home on the 4th of July. Let's talk to uh, Mabel in Oak Creek. Hi, Mabel. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hope your case is nice and cool. So I have a couple <laughs> things to bring up. Your first caller, he's probably a little older than I am, but yes, I'm a senior person. The last couple of weeks, my blood pressure has been spiking. Why? I don't know, but I had seen my primary this morning. So I'm hitting like 192 over uh, 89. Not good. So I decided I am staying in. Um, didn't have big plans to begin with, but it's amazing when I see all the younger folks, they just think they're immune to it, but they don't understand if they're a carrier. And what happens if, number one, I'm obese, and number two, my blood pressure is ramping up, and I'm at risk. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm at the grocery store, if they're a carrier and they don't give a rat's ass, they walk around without a mask, it's all about me, me, me. It's all about we should all be... Mm-hmm. taking care of each other mm-hmm. and there's a lot of the thought that well i'm immune to this and i just don't understand that yeah well maybe thanks thanks to call and, and by the way i mean i 
I have a, a couple close friends, I've talked about this before, who are, because of both their age and because of medical situations, you know, a recent cancer survivor or, you know, somebody that has, you know, respiratory problems, you know, who, who've essentially, you know, for the duration of this and probably until there's a vaccine, they're, they're going to be extremely limiting themselves because it, they would be in that category of people that if they got sick, it would, it would be devastating. And I, I mean, you know, you'd hope not, but, but I think they pretty much appreciate that. So they've pretty much quarantined themselves because of precisely that situation that you are, are talking about. So I mean, I, I, I think the governor's message, particularly the part about following best health practices is, is a good one. Now, stay at home. I, I just don't know whether or not people are prepared to do that. And I, I think that's kind of the reality that's out there. My guess is people who aren't aren't in some of those high-risk categories are hopefully, if they decide to go out, they're, they're going to be smart. They're not going to change their, their lifestyle other than to be smart about this, to practice the social distancing, to do all of, of these other things. But I think it, it is fair to say, especially to when you look at where the, these groups are and where the numbers are spiking, that that's where there needs to be a little bit more accountability. And people need to wake up and say, okay, just because we're 25 years old doesn't mean that we should be doing this stuff just because we, we can. And there's the opportunity that's presented itself because yeah, you, in fact, can get sick. And to your point, Mabel, you, you can spread it to somebody else. I think our large numbers of people are going to be staying home. I, I doubt that's the case unless you're in the high risk group. But still, if people are going out, you want everybody to be safe. That's just common sense. And I think we all need to exercise common sense until we get through this. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Okay, I have a question to put to you. Our number is 855-616-1620. I want your opinion because we don't, we, we're not going to know the answer for this. But sports is getting ready to restart. And I, look, I understand that golf has been back, and I understand that we've had like NASCAR racing and things. But, but major team sports are getting ready to come back in in a big way. Um, the NBA is scheduled to start. Uh, finishing up the regular season i think they're going to play eight games and then they're going to go into the playoffs i think 22 of the 30 teams have been invited back they're going to be doing it in what they call the the bubble they're going to be um down at, at the disney world complex in orlando and the teams are going to be staying in hotels and all the games are going to be in this big espn sports facility that they have down there and there's a list of Apparently, it's 121 pages of protocols that the players are supposed to to follow. But but that's the idea. Keep everybody in in a bubble. Um, Major League Baseball is scheduled to start about the same time. They're going to begin spring training in the next couple of days. The spring training is going to be in the team facility. So the Brewers will train in Wisconsin with, with various protocols. And the, the baseball plan is that they're going to do a 60-game season. So it's going to start at the end of July and essentially be over by the end of September and then have a playoff format like they always have. Now, what's different between Major League Baseball and Basketball is Major League Baseball is not going to be played in, in quote-unquote, a bubble. It's not like all the teams are going to be in Florida or Arizona. The the teams 
are going to be, well, uh, the, the, the schedule they're going to play. For example, the Brewers, they're 60 games. They're going to play 40 games against their National League central opponents. So that means Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, um, Chicago, who am I forgetting? Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, help me out here, Groves. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago. You got the Reds? And the Cincinnati, yes. Pittsburgh, the Chicago Cubs, the Brewers, St. Louis. See, uh, see you, you should have known that off the top of your head. Okay, but so they're going to be playing, and they will, the, the Cardinals, for example, will travel to Milwaukee. Milwaukee will travel to St. Louis. The games are going to be played without fans in the stands, but the teams will travel. So you're, you're going to be on the road. Then you're going to play the other 20 games against the, in this case, the American League Central team. So that's how it's going to be made up. But you're not going to be in a bubble. You're going to be traveling, you know, back and, and forth. And again, Major League Baseball has all these protocols as well. Here is, here is my question to you. Understanding that that COVID-19 and coronavirus is spiking and understanding in all likelihood, no matter what the protocols you're going to put in place, somebody somewhere associated with the teams is going to get sick. That that's I, I think it's probably just inevitable. You you've already seen this with like the basketball players. There was one team they, they test the players before they leave for Florida out of Texas and then they test them two days later and three or four of the people have tested positive. So here's my question. Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. In your opinion, which league has the greater chance of being able to complete the season that would be would it be the nba would it be major league baseball would it be i think both leagues are going to be able to play with no problem or would it be i I don't see how this is going to work out and it might be a noble try but my guess is that both NBA and Major League Baseball are not going to be able to complete or conduct even an abbreviated season. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is it more likely that basketball is going to be able to pull this off than baseball? Are they both going to be able to pull it off, or is nobody going to be able to pull it off? Why or why not? For me, I think I think it's really iffy. Um, I... I'd, I would say I think it's maybe 50-50 that baseball is going to be able to complete a season. Um, I, I think it's probably greater. I would say it's probably 80-20 that basketball is going to be able to complete a season. But I think it's going to be a challenge for both. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. For those of you like me who can't wait for organized sports to come back, all right, is this a bridge too far? Are the leagues going to be able to pull it off, yes or no? We discuss in a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I really got to thinking of this because I was um, I fell asleep on the couch last night, and I wake up, it's 11 o'clock at night, and uh, I... I ESPN was on the Sports Center, and they were talking about the different protocols for the restarts of the season. And there was a story about again how these these basketball players who weren't even inside the bubble yet had, had already tested positive for COVID nineteen. And then there was all the things with the the baseball players. And I really have been thinking and wondering: Is this a bridge too far? I mean, will 
Will basketball be able to pull off the, the finishing up the season? Will baseball be able to pull this off with the travel? Like I say, I, I'd say it's probably 80-20 basketball. I'd say it's 50-50 and with, with, uh, with baseball. What do you think? 855-616-1620. Let's start with Jason in Sheboygan. Jason, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Um, I really think it's going to be basketball because I think after they get through the first eight games of the regular season, those teams that don't make the playoffs, they're going to be out of the bubble. The bubble is a great idea. I understand people are going to probably try to get out of the bubble for a little bit at night. but right. uh, And then as you go through the playoffs, teams are going to get eliminated, It'd be less teams, less players. And I think more people, as you go farther through the playoffs, be more motivated to try to win a championship, they're going to stay in the bubble. Yeah. I think it's a hands down. It's going to be basketball. Yeah, see, I and there's was, no airplane travel. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was wondering as a practical matter. You know, what you're. you're let's take the, the baseball players. All right. You, you're traveling. You know, you're. you're the, the Brewers are down in Chicago, and, and you can do all you want to try to encourage these people. Don't go out of the hotel. Don't interact. Whatever. But unless you're going to be locking the doors with padlocks, you know, there, you know, there, there's going to be right. people that are going to say, okay, I, hey, I, I want to go out. I'm okay. I can have dinner here. And then you go back into the clubhouse. And I'm not just singling out the brewers. I'm just think it seems to me that it's inevitable that it that it's going to happen. That somebody's going to get exposed, especially as you're bouncing around all these different cities. And, and I think with baseball, I give it about a five to ten percent chance to last throughout the sixty games because. I really believe it's going to come back worse, the okay. virus, and uh, as it goes farther into the fall, and that's just my opinion. And okay, all right, good enough. No, thanks for the call. And, and by the way, I'm I, I, in having this discussion. I want it real clear. I, I'm 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 thrilled to see team sports coming back. I I, I am, and I, I'm rooting for for this to work. I'm just trying to be objective about it. And and by the way. Um, this is also a precursor for what goes on in the NFL, because keep in mind that the NFL is going to have the, the same situation. Um, yeah, maybe there's a little bit less travel, but at the same time, I mean, you're, you're you know, you're going to have players that are going to be out and they're not going to be in a bubble. You know, they're going to be out and about in their respective communities. And and yes, it's not like baseball where you're going to be bouncing around to a different city every three nights. But but this is if it, if it turns out to be a problem with ba- baseball, it, it's going to be a problem with the NFL as well. Eight five five six one six. And I hope they're able to pull it off. It seems to me intuitively it's going to be difficult for both leagues. The bubble idea gives it more chance to work. At least that's what I think. Steve in Appleton. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I appreciate the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, it feels to me like I'm getting ready to vacation and uh, my plane has been delayed for a while. That's my feeling on this upcoming sports. I'm super excited about sports coming around, but uh, I, I agree a lot with the last caller. Uh, but with baseball, I think it's going to be almost impossible. I just, as I told the screener, I just think of one pitcher getting this. I, I, I got to believe they're together most of the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the coach and there goes your whole pitching staff or, or I, I just, uh, you know, I think yeah. there's a team, New Jersey Nets, I, I, or Brooklyn or whatever they're called now. I, I think they, they may, they're struggling to hold the team. I'm told yeah. so, from the news. So, um, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Cause I think we all love sports, especially, yeah. you know, um, 
in this state, uh, yeah. you know, and you were mentioning football, I think that's going to be ten times worse because, well, you know, we're usually inside watching football. Well, well, right, and, and I mean, much less. Think about, okay, I was just talking about the NFL, but I try to imagine college football where you have, you know, you, you've got college kids. How, how, you know, how are you going to stop them from, you know, going out to the bars or going out to the frat parties or, or whatever, and all you need is one or two of them yeah. that, that get it, then they come back in the locker room, and then 10 or 15 has it. I, I no, thanks for calling. I get it, and I'm, I'm, I'm not rooting against this. It's just, I, I was just watching this thing last night with all the different protocols and, and all these things, and I'm going, my God. And, and a matter of fact, there, I forget who it was. Oh, it was a guy from Portland, um, uh, basketball player from Portland. And he was actually doing an interview, and he's saying, you know, he's got this 121 pages of NBA rules. And he was saying, I'm just saying that, you know, it's, you, you know all the players aren't going to follow all the, these different rules. It's going to be tough to say to somebody, um, okay, you know, you, it's, it's a Friday night or whatever, and we're not going to let you go off campus and, and go into downtown Orlando and go to a, a club or go out to a meal or something like that. I, again, I, it's going to be difficult to enforce all this stuff. Ryan in West Bend. Ryan, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm real well, thank hey, you. I think, good, good. Hey, I think, uh, I think not a Margana, um, mm-hmm. according to what I've seen in the past here, uh, I don't think any of them are going to finish. Uh, I do believe that uh, baseball, though, has the best chance, in my opinion. Okay, tell me why. Uh, it's a less contact. It's a less contact sport. True. Um, we've been playing baseball for a month up here in uh, Washington County in youth league. Um, I, I like to say, I know you're talking about the travel. Um, NASCAR is doing it. Uh, right. They're traveling. Uh, they PGA, have a lot of PGA Tour is traveling. Yeah, PGA, PGA Tour travels. Traveling. Yep. So I, I think uh, I think our best opportunity to see sports is going to be baseball, um, football. That's what I was just going to ask you. Too much contact. Yeah. Okay. Too much contact according to CDC rules or whatever. And and basketball, I believe, is even more. Uh, There's no padding or anything there. There's no helmets. There's no. Uh, okay. No, nothing. So I think uh, I think baseball is going to be. If any are going to survive, I think it's going to be baseball. All right. So. Thanks for the call. Well, I I, I get. I, I mean, we we don't know. And this is, you know, now I I do. I I I. I admit to this. I I like English Premier League soccer, and, and they came back a couple weeks ago, and so far they're they're doing okay. Um, and, and they're they're playing the games at home stadiums, so teams do in fact travel. Um, but there, there's no fans there, and so th- they're they're doing okay with that. Now, you know, soccer soccer is more like baseball when it comes to like the lack of contact. And I understand that there is some degree of contact in soccer, but to to, to Ryan's point, it's not like football or something where you're banging into each other and interacting on each play. Jim and Bayview, Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Jim. As a retired respiratory therapist and employed by the Milwaukee Brewers, I think it will be really, really difficult to complete either sport. Mm-hmm. However, I am rooting for both sports to be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, this, this virus is no joke. Okay, so tell me, tell me why you think it's going to be the. Tell me what you think the biggest problem the sports are going to have in in being able to complete the season. Well, as far as the basketball goes, they they have twelve men on the bench, and that's very contact sport with all right. this sweat and probably spit and everything else. I, I think it's going to be real hard to to field an entire team. Mm-hmm all the way through, and uh, 
as far as baseball, uh, I work for the Brewers. I, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be thir- there's 35 guys on the roster. 25 are going to be active, and uh, I just think there's way too many possibilities yeah. between so many people. You know, they're going to try to social distance, but you know, sooner or later, there's going to be contact and who knows what all, and they're going to be sweating and yeah. everything else, yelling and yeah. Okay, good. No, thanks, good job. I appreciate the perspective. I, I just, I, I, I also, we all hope that we all hope that it works, and we're all we all hope that people are able to pull it out, but pull it off. But I just, it, it's an uphill struggle, and and if and it is a precursor because. If if basketball and or baseball or both of them and or can't make it work, I, I it's it's going to be scary for the NBA. I was for the NFL and there's there's a story I think it was in the Wall Street Journal this morning about how like like the networks they they desperately want sports back, but they really want the NFL back. I mean that would be the you know that's that's the big cash cow when it comes to the networks and if you had to lose an NFL season because this it, it's going to be devastating period but to lose an NFL season would really be a killer Denise in Twin Lake Denise you're on WTMJ hello hi there hi. um I I'm a coach I, I can see both points of view I am rooting for both the sports to come back I do think I agree with uh, Ryan that I think there's much less contact with baseball than there is with basketball or even soccer. Um, we are, uh, my sport is figure skating, not mm-hmm. anything like what, what you guys are talking about, but right. we're able to train. And um, we are, are, much of our travel is international. And so our season is, most of our season is gone. Yeah. Um, and we're just hoping to pick up pieces where we can, but we're able to train and we're able to separate our benches and separate our athletes. And, um, right. you know, we take every possible precaution. But I do think that um, there's much less contact with the baseball than there is with basketball. Yeah, and, and, and you talk about figure skating. Your big issue, too, is the international travel where you run into the different quarantines and things like that, which makes it almost impossible, if not impossible, to go ahead with international competition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because right now the U.S. isn't even allowed in, the, in right. Europe. And, like, two days before our world champion, we were supposed to leave for world championship. Um, the club was pulled. And for the safety of everyone, which, you know, we don't like it, but we understand it. Right. Um, and I, I think that it's you know, possible to separate, you know, do it without fans. We would have gladly, right. we would have gladly gone without fans. Um, you know, and so yeah. I think, you know, some of the referees and whatever, you can separate. Right. But... Yeah, no, it's an issue. No, yeah. Thanks to call Denise. I, I appreciate. It. I just, I, I, you know, who knows, right? That's exactly it. it. It's time will tell. I have a text here, Jeff. The Canadian Football League has yet to start its season and likely won't. Um, I really believe the NFL has an upward climb. Here's another text, Jeff. Without a doubt, it will be a challenge for both. As much as it pains me to say it, I'm not sure either can finish. Um, I think it will come down to which league is more prepared to substitute players and deal with flare-ups. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what happens. What happens in the NBA? Worst case scenario, if LeBron James and three, four, five other superstars in the team end up coming down with this. I mean, what does that do to the integrity of the season? Back with more in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
So very glad to have you with us. We don't want it. We don't need it. We're not going to pay for it. That's essentially what Kohl's department stores, Kohl's Corporation, is saying to suppliers. And it has some of the unions that supply them with product upset. Here's the story. And and there was a story that was in the Journal Sentinel. um, Workers Union is asking Kohl's to pay up for canceled orders during the pandemic. You read the article and... In all honesty, it doesn't give you a very good impression of what, what's really going on. But, but here's, here's the deal. Kohl's company, uh, you know, the department stores during, during the pandemic and at the time of, you know, when, when we first had the outbreak, they closed all of their stores across the country. That, that's 1,159 stores. About 85,000 people who worked at the stores and some corporate staff were furloughed. All right. So, and, and and why was this? Even though they could stay open, I think they took the they came to the conclusion that you know people aren't shopping. The business model is just is just broken right now. So, boom, let's put it on pause. So they they close eleven hundred fifty nine stores. They lay off eighty five thousand people. The retailer saw a net decrease in sales, forty three point five percent in the first fiscal quarter of 2020. And they started reopening stores around May 4th. So they've started the process of reopening. All right, well, if you are Kohl's or if you're any retailer, what you do is you, you go out and, and you order you order product from various suppliers and, and you order it well in advance. So for example, if you're, um, I, I don't know, you're gonna be selling, you're selling socks. And you get the socks from somebody that makes the socks. Well, you, you order them sometimes six months or a year in advance, right? That, that's just what you do. Oh, we're going to be selling socks. And we know the big time we sell socks is in the fall. And we want socks around for our back to school thing. So we're going to order the socks in, in January. Okay. Well, what happens if you've ordered those socks? And that's in January. You've made the commitment. And so the, the sock company has, has made the socks there. You know, they've got the workers that are producing the socks. And then all of a sudden, the business model just falls out. You've co- coronavirus comes around. You got to close the stores and you don't there's no more longer demand for the socks. All right. Well, what Kohl's has done is Kohl's canceled millions of dollars worth of orders. Now, I'm looking at a story in The Guardian, which is this big left-wing um, paper out of Great Britain. But but here's what it says. Kohl's, one of the U.S.'s largest clothing retailers, canceled millions of dollars worth of existing orders from Bangladeshi and Korean garment factories. Um, the company canceled the orders of clothing worth approximately $100 million from Korea and $50 million from Bangladeshi factories after the pandemic struck. So the pandemic strikes, they realize they're going to close, and they realize that they're, they're not going to need this stuff that they've ordered. So they, they cancel the orders that it had placed with their various global suppliers. All right, so now these unions are coming to Kohl's and saying, look, here's what you need to do. Um, you, you've ordered this stuff, and apparently under the contracts, they have a right to cancel. You know, just like you, you buy something from Amazon, you have the right to return it. Apparently, they have the right to, to cancel. They don't need the stuff anymore. 
It's this dramatic thing that they didn't anticipate. So they, they can cancel it. So they, they have canceled it. They say, we don't need this. We have ordered it. Well, the problem, of course, is you've got the, these companies, um, many of which are overseas, that, you know, have these workers. They've, they've, they've ordered the work. They, they've done the work. So now these factories are stuck with, in my example, they're stuck with socks that they had made for Kohl's that, that they're, that Kohl's doesn't want or doesn't need anymore. So they, they've got all this inventory and then it, it's kind of like the ripple effect. So now you, you've got all these unused socks. You don't know when or if you're going to be able to sell them again, but you don't need workers making more socks. Follow me? And you're, you don't need the workers to be making the socks until you sell the socks that they've already made. So you've got these workers that are going to be laid off and maybe some of these, these manufacturers who, you know, are going to end up going out of business. Well, all right, people show up protesting out at Kohl's the other day demanding that Kohl's um, not cancel all these pending orders of stuff that they don't need and don't withhold payments from the apparel factories. Follow me? Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's my question for you. All right, Kohl's ordered the stuff, but because of coronavirus, they don't need the stuff. There's not a market for it. They can't sell all this. So, as apparently they're allowed to do under their contracts, they say, we're canceling the orders. We don't need the stuff that we ordered. We're not going to pay for it here clothing manufacturer you got to figure out what you're going to do with the socks or the, the coats or the shirts or the pants or or whatever we're not going to pay for it because we don't need it the unions are saying well this is wrong you 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 should take it anyways and and yes you know we we understand that you were closed for months and yes we understand that you don't have a market for it anymore but you shouldn't you shouldn't hurt the workers and you shouldn't hurt the apparel manufacturers. You should just go ahead and pay for it regardless. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm sorry, but I don't think Kohl's is in the wrong here. I, I just I just flat out don't. I mean, as long as the terms of the agreement allow Kohl's to cancel at, at any time, this this is a risk you take if you are in the business of, of making the socks or, or making the coats. And nobody anticipated this. It seems to me Coles was certainly acting in good faith here. But, I mean, I... I don't know. I, I, I try to liken it to, you know, let's say, you know, you're, you're buying something for, for yourself and, you know, you, you agree to make the purchase and all of a sudden something changes and you've got to back out of, of the deal. Well, okay. You have a right to back out of the deal, especially if the deal doesn't have a penalty clause in it. All right. Am I wrong? 855-616-1620. It's an unfortunate situation, but it's not just unfortunate for the, the people that were making the socks. It's unfortunate for Kohl's as well. 855-616-1620. We discuss. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Lucy on the west side. Lucy, good afternoon. Hi there. Hi there. Um, I think Cole's ought to take the hit, and they'll get it back more in good publicity than they'll lose. I, I really think this kind of this is not the time for dog eat dog capitalism. Cole's is better able to absorb the hit than 
There's poor people living on a dollar a day yeah. over in Bangladesh or wherever they make the socks. What they could do is say, we have reconsidered. You know, it's true. We are all in this together, and we want to do our part. And what we're going to do is take delivery of the socks, and we will donate them to homeless shelters and shelters for battered women and other other places that could use the socks. And they don't have to say, but I'm telling you, they get a charitable deduction mm-hmm. on their taxes because I believe Coles makes a profit. And, you know, Coles is in a competitive retail market. If they can make themselves look good, people will remember that going forward. And frankly, if they follow through on this deal, I'm not buying my stuff at Coles anymore. Okay, well, the, now the flip side of this is it's it's if the Guardian is right, and that's always a big if with the Guardian, they, they say it, it's $150 million bucks just to the Korean suppliers and the Bangladeshi suppliers. So that's, that, that's a pretty big hit. Presumably, if they were to do what you say, they're going to have to start charging people more money for the next round of socks to try to make up for that. You think people are going to – I guess, do you really think people care oh, enough yes. about this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I do. I pay 50 cents more for socks. Yeah. You know, those Bombas socks make a big <laughs> deal out of their charitable contribution. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and it wouldn't be the full $150 because they would get a tax deduction right. as long as they have a profit to deduct from. And it would get them so much decent publicity. Right. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me because so, people say that, and then I, I see – you know, one of the reasons Walmart is so successful because they they buy the you know they, they sell the Blu-ray disc players that they get from China for like forty bucks, and you know if you had an American company, it would be eighty bucks, and and people always say they want to buy American, but yet they line up to buy the, the forty dollar you know one from China because it's forty bucks. So I I understand what you're saying. I just wonder yeah, if that's how people really work. You know, I, I think enough of us do that it would help cold. Okay, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, that's kind of the issue that, that's out there. 855-616-1620. Mike in Fox Point. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Um, I was a former buyer for a large retail. I won't say which one. And I also worked in manufacturing after I left buying. And the contract states, as a buyer, we could cancel any time we wanted. And then going to the manufacturing side, I've had orders from Target where they private labeled and we put their name on it and they canceled a month before. But if we wanted to do business with them, we accepted it because we're looking towards future dollars. Right. So, I mean, so so what you're saying is this is kind of a... very common. Right. So this is not, this is kind of a standard thing in the industry is what you're saying. It is very standard. It's been going, I've been in the industry since 90 and it's very, very standard. It's nothing new and they know it. And obviously if, they're upset about it, then they don't plan on doing future business. Right. So, because in other words, it will come out of this crisis. Right. So, so, in other words, if I if I'm the apparel manufacturer, uh, this is this is just one of the risks of the business that I take, knowing it is that one I might of the risk you take. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. When Kmart went out, of, when Kmart went bankrupt, we lost two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which we shipped to Kmart. That was just standard. Right. That's what you do. Right, you got to eat it. So now, you can't. People need to look at it. I understand. I empathize with Bangladesh, but at the same time, what is coal supposed to do? They they aren't selling, and you know. And I heard from a friend who's a buyer at Target that they weren't selling their swimwear because people weren't coming out in March and April. Right. So they lost all of that business, but so they're going to have to dump it at below cost 
So, I mean, they can do that, but they'd already had it shipped. I mean, as a buyer, for Christmas, we started the Christmas before. We would be buying in October the year before. Right. And so you write your performa, and that's what you did. Right. And it stays right there. We have a right to cancel it at any time. Yeah, and that's you know, thanks, thanks for calling. I appreciate the perspective. That that's kind of been my understanding. That it's just kind of the nature of the business. Now, in this case, it's it's there's an even more compelling reason, arguably, because it's not like Coles just said, "Okay, we decided we bought too many socks." And it, again, that, that's just the example I'm using. We bought too many socks, and so we, we're just we're, we we've made this mistake. Um, and you're going to have to eat that. In, in this particular case, it's you, you have something that nobody anticipated, you know, the, the whole issue with coronavirus and, and then be closing down. I mean, I, I do see I just I really wonder and I appreciate what our first caller, Lucy, was saying that, well, it, you, you buy goodwill. Well, OK, I, I don't know. Is that going to be something that makes people more likely to buy at Kohl's if the word gets out that, hey, you know, during coronavirus and when they had to shut down and lay off all these different people, they also had to cancel contracts with some of their manufacturers. I, I guess I, I, I don't know. I don't know that that's something that to me would, would move the needle. Oh, gee, they, they decided they're going to pay out $150 million. And so, you know, now I'm going to go back and shop at, at Kohl's. I, I don't know that that's something that moves the needle. Now, the other little issue that The Guardian talks about is that Kohl's, at the same time they were canceling these deals, was also paying out like $109 million in, in dividends to shareholders. But yeah, you know, uh, but again, it, it, I guess I just come back to the notion that if if this is in the contract, it's the risk that you take. Um, slightly different example, but let's say, let's say I, I want to buy windows, okay? And so I, I, I've entered into a contract with, and I, there's specialty windows, and so they're manufacturing the windows for my house, and then. Um, for whatever reason, I lose my job or I just decide I don't want the windows or, or whatever, and there's no cancellation penalty in, in the contract, um, I, I mean, people have the right to cancel that. And, you know, that's just the risk that the window company takes. I mean, that's why you, you put penalty provisions in contracts. And our last caller, Mike, is saying in, in this particular business, when it comes to manufacturing for these large distributors, it, there, there aren't cancellation penalties. Dave in Waukesha. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? Real well, thank you. What do you think? Um, well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, number one, uh, having dealt, obviously, well, not obviously, but having dealt with large, um, you know, suppliers and things on that line, yeah, it is standard fare. The only time there's gets to be a little sketchy language is if you're, if you're ordering a specialty product designed and manufactured just for you. In other words, it's not a off-the-shelf right you know, commodity item or something like that. And even then, it's typically you have the, the right to resend the order, uh, but you have to give uh, basically you have up to 30 days notice. If you if you give notice less than 30 days, you're required to, you know, to, to accept the ship, you know, the right. shipment. And you can't accept, you know, partial shipments and things like that. You know, number three, the first caller, you know, your charitable contribution, you don't get a charitable contribution. You get an expense. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not a, they're not donating to a church, right. you know, or, a char- you know, a charitable organization. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the sad part about all this is, like, all these protesters, in, all, in everything, it's, 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 it's like they have no clue what they're talking about. They just follow along, and it's kind of like, have you guys ever dealt in the real world mm-hmm. with a contract, you know, 
anything. Bought something for your house, for goodness sakes, whatever. I well, mean, well, you know, it's, just, and it's, it's interesting, Dave, because I'm kind of wondering, to your point, I was just sitting there thinking, okay, so Cole's furloughed slash laid off, whatever, what, 80, what was the number I had? 85,000 85, associates. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so they laid these people off, presumably did not pay them their, their salaries. I don't, you know, and so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if that's the case, you know, how do you feel if you're the employee saying, hey, okay, I, I've been laid off because there's no work and they had to close, but we're going to take money and we're going to, we're going to send it to a supplier that we're not contractually obligated to. I mean, it's just, I, if I'm the employee, I'm going, wait a second, why, why are they getting the money and I'm not? Thanks for call. I appreciate the perspective. And I, I, it, it is kind of that big, it's a bad situation. Look, I, I you know, no, nobody likes to see these ordered, canceled, etc. I have a text here saying, um, Jeff, that's, this scenario is what uh, sent the West Bend Company into financial problems years ago. Walmart had ordered a large number of machines. They then canceled the order and eventually ordered them from a Chinese company. It's significantly less cost to them. West Bend Company was in financial dire straits since the machines had already been produced for the order. I, and yeah, that's that's kind of my understanding that that's how th- this particular industry works when you when you deal with like the walmarts of the world or the targets or the coals of the world if you want to keep selling your stuff to them you you have to take some of these risks of of making uh, you know putting yourself at risk by giving them the ability to cancel the orders which on one level doesn't seem fair but at the same time you know it's it's apparently business uh, interesting story involving coals though back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So, Tony, I just had this kind of weird experience. Now, have you have you wandered, have you gone through the building at all? Not since they put up the barriers, I'd say. Well, but how about just our, our, our radio side? Um, Not too much. Oh, okay. Let me pull back the curtain here. So, um, we are the the radio side, WTMJ, the radio side of this building. In mid March, um, made the decision that we were going to send everybody home, mm-hmm. and um, with the exception of of essentially a couple of producers, like my producer Guru, and the morning and the afternoon news folks, and some news people, yep. uh, including you, you, you guys all worked. I I did my show for eleven weeks from home. And um, I, I was brought this, uh, I'm just wrapping up, I think the fourth week, I've been back three or four weeks, whatever that is. But for the rest of the people that work here at Radio City, the salespeople, the marketing people, the people that schedule the commercials, essentially all of the, those people are have, have been at home Still, yeah. since, since the end of March or mid-March. Yep, yep. Okay, so, and it was just weird because I was just, stretching my legs during the break. And so I, I walked over like to the, to the sales area. And of course, it, it's all dark, but it's it's almost like an episode of the Twilight Zone because many of many of our, our teammates, our colleagues, they just, I, nobody knew when they were coming back. So they just left. Like, for example, at, at, at Tilly's, one of our sales, her, her, her jacket is still on, on oh. her, her jacket is still on the chair. And, and that, that's true. And then, um, you know, one of our, our, our great teammates who retired in April, who, Lynn, her, her desk still has like all the happy retirement <laughs> stuff out on and all the, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's like, like a she's, banishment. Yeah. Well, it is. It, that, that's, it's like the Twilight Zone where all of a sudden, boom, you wake up and, and all these people are just gone, but yeah. their, their stuff is just there. And I, it's 
it's just, I mean, I think what's going to happen is I think as, as workplaces start to roll back, more and more people are going to have exactly that same experience. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to, to friends who, you know, have, have, who work for some big companies, for example, in this area, you know, and they, they were sent home at the same time and they're, they're being told you're not coming back till September. Mm-hmm. Don't plan on wow. coming back till after January, or whatever. But I, I'm just got to imagine that just like our place, there, there's all these workplaces that it's just like people left one, like you would leave, you'd leave on a Friday figuring you're coming back that, right. that Monday. And next thing you know, it's months and not months a whole later. lot of notice. Yeah. It's like, all right, you guys are working from home now. That's well, well, exactly. And it, and it, and it's fine. And I understand it just kind Kind of like surreal to kind of wander sure. through there and say, "Oh, she's got her jacket there and she's got her coat there." And then there's like this gym bag under that. You know, it just it, it is. It's just kind of like, okay, fire drill. Everybody leave the building, and then much. Know, next thing you know, that's it. Um, but take just take a walk through there. I'll do that. Yeah, you know, it just it just kind of again, it's sort of surreal, but it also underscores. Um, I, I'm I'm glad to be back in the building, and I miss my teammates. I just I, that that is one of the things that's kind of weird about it that you just. I mean, I've, I've been here 22, 23 years. You just, you know, you get used to, e- even if it's not somebody, even if I'm not working with the sales department or the marketing department on, on a daily basis or whatever, you get used to seeing all, all these people and you get used to interacting with them. And they're, they, all of a sudden, boom, that, that that's it. And my guess is, if you're one of those people that, again, same sort of situation, just, just sent home, just out of the clear blue, you, you you notice that that same sort of stuff, and you'll certainly be getting that experience, you know, when when you go back. And of course, that's the other issue that's out there is, you know, what what our office is going to look like moving forward. And that's just something that I don't think any of us know because my guess is there are are some businesses, first of all, who you know moving forward are are going to be saying okay well how how do even once we get a vaccine for covid-19 you know who knows when the next thing is going to come around the the bend and what you know are we do we need to rethink our whole concept of of the office and you know can we have people on top of each other etc cetera, etc cetera. and I'm, now I'm talking pretty primarily about like the white collar offices and things like that and, and then also the other question being you know for the businesses that have had to have people work at home the the question becomes okay if people have gotten used to that and people like doing that right do you need do you need three floors in you know a downtown high rise um, with all the expenses that are associated with that, or you know, instead, can you get by with one floor? I just it, these are issues that you know people are going to be figuring out for years to come, and and we're we're not going to. I think I think that if you want to find a silver lining behind the very dark cloud that is the ongoing pandemic, one of the things you're going to see is I think it's going to it, it's going to have given impetus to business owners or people that that are in decision-making authority to kind of take a look at their operations and say, okay, we we would have never considered doing something like this, but we had to, and now we find this works or we find that this doesn't work. And, you know, to that extent, you might have certain changes. All right. When we come back, want to talk about a decision that they are going to be making in Madison very shortly. What do we do with the statues that got destroyed by the rioters? Stick around. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. One of our texters makes the point, um, Jeff, 
Imagine all the bananas in desk drawers all over the country that have been sitting there. Yeah, see, I, I just, I, I, I've never left fruit in, in all the offices I've had. I, I've never left, like, fruit in the drawers. But you you know, they probably do make a point. You know, that there's there's probably somebody that just, they left on Friday, not recognizing that they wouldn't be coming back for three months, six months, whatever. And, yeah, that those peaches are there. Those bananas are there. It just, you, grew you're laughing. You're smiling. But you, you can just easily see that happening. Now, now, you know, I didn't think we'd be gone as as long as I was, but there wasn't. I mean, there, there just there wasn't anything like that in my desk drawers. There just some toothpaste and stuff and things like that. No, nothing that was going to spoil or go bad. But you know, there's a lot of people that are out there. They're going to be going back to those offices with a degree of surprise. Why are these little fruit flies and stuff there? Hey, let me give you some good news going into the holiday weekend. Uh, the stock market's closed tomorrow, um, but. Uh, right now, the Dow with about you know, 40 minutes before closing, up 217 points. NASDAQ up almost 100. The, the reason is because uh, unemployment numbers and, and job numbers came out today, and they were relatively good. I, I say relatively because um, 4.8 million jobs were added to the economy in June, which shows that that businesses are are starting to come back. Now, again, the concern is that you're going to have a spike in COVID-19 cases and the government's going to want to try to react by by closing businesses. I don't think that's going to I don't think that's going to be very successful. But four point eight million jobs added in June and unemployment dropped. Now, uh, last month. Um, it was 13.3%, and that was, was down from like 17% a couple months earlier. Um, it, it fell to 11.1%. 11.1% unemployment is is unacceptable in any stretch of the imagination. But given where we were a couple months ago, the, the lesson is that businesses are, are starting to reopen. Um, they're, they're starting to come back. So that that is a, a good thing. And that's why the stock market is responding at least favorably as of now. Okay, I, I sent out if you follow me on Twitter, it, you can follow me at Jeff Wagner 620. I, I sent out a, a link to this story. Now, what a week and a half ago or so you had the riot. And that's what it was. This riot in Madison after some people become upset at the arrest of a guy who was extorting businesses, demanding food for that from them and demanding all sorts of other stuff and chasing customers into these restaurants, screaming at them with a bullhorn and carrying a baseball bat. So this guy gets arrested. And then you have people who decide that they're going to riot because the man was arrested. And they, they use this as an excuse to burn stuff and to engage in some looting and to tear down a couple of the statues. Um, there were two statues that were pulled over by the mob. One was the, the forward statue, which people are, I think, very familiar with. The forward statue is, is a tribute to women's suffrage. It has been at the Capitol for, for like ever. The second statue that was attacked was the, the statue devoted to Hans Christian Haig, who was a, an abolitionist during the the Civil War, and, and his statue was was torn down and dragged and thrown in in the water. Okay, both of the statues have been recovered, and they are in the process of being restored. 
there is an issue now in Madison. You have some groups, or at least some people, including woman who represents this Freedom Inc., which is this this radical group that gets a bunch of taxpayer dollars, thanks to, primarily to Governor Evers and the Attorney General. And, and they are saying these statues forward, which is, uh, again, it, it's for women's suffrage, and the, the statue, the Hague statue, which, again, celebrates the, the, the man who was the abolitionist, um, that they should not be put back up. And instead, what should happen is that there should be statues or erected to, you know, honor somebody, a black American, because, you know, right now there's no statue around the Capitol that that honors somebody like that. And somebody, one of the names that's being thrown around is, well, we should have a statue that honors, you know, Vel Phillips, who was, you know, um, a very successful African-American woman who was a number of firsts. Okay. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to be real clear here. I have no issue if if the organization, the group that decides, you know, you know what statues should go up on the Capitol Square, decides that you, you want to find a, a prominent or somebody you know, tied into a prominent African-American tied into Wisconsin history that is worthy of a statue. Okay, I don't have an issue with, with that. But the idea that we are going to allow vandals and rioters to tear down these two statues that, by the way, have nothing at all to do with racism. It's not even like, hey, that's a statue of Robert E. Lee we're tearing down. To, to allow rioters to tear down these statues and then argue that they should not be replaced, they should not be returned to their position, uh, to me, that's nuts. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Grant in Wauwatosa. Grant, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. I'm very interested in Colonel Haig and the 15th Wisconsin Volunteers, who are primarily Scandinavian right. immigrants. One of them was my great-great-grandfather, Knut Bronson, who signed up, was mustered in 1862 at the age of 47. Wow. He served three years with the regiment, and he uh, went in as a private and came out as a private. But I'm proud that he helped fight against slavery, and Colonel Higg died at Chickamauga right. fighting slavery. Yeah, 1863. And I think those statues yeah. should be, the, the statues should be put up as soon as possible. Yeah, to, to me, it, again, it, it's... It's it's not a binary choice. I mean, obviously, you return the statues that were destroyed by the rioters. That that's just an, a no brainer. And then, if you want to have a conversation about, do we need to change some rules or should we put another statue somewhere? Okay, I'm I'm open to that. But this idea that we're going to allow the mob to tear stuff down, especially stuff that that isn't controversial at all, and then we're not going to you know put it back up. Who would think that? that would be appropriate. And I, I agree with what you said. And I also would like to mention that my um, granddaughter, who's at Rufus King, uh, wrote a paper about Vel Phillips a year or so ago. Okay. And she won, it, she won an award. Yeah. And uh, I would be very much in favor of a statue for her, but not a re- replacing Colonel right. Higg 
yeah. with her statue. I don't, I don't agree with that. Right. No, no, thanks for calling. Now, apparently there's some rule that they have, and rules can be changed. There's a rule right now that says you, you can't have any more statues than they already have on, on the Capitol grounds. Okay, well, that that's... To me, that's easier and less controversial if, if you want to honor, whether it's Vel Phillips or, or somebody else who was the, um, she was the Secretary of State in 1978 and was the nation's first black woman elected to statewide office. I, again, I, if, if it's Vel Phillips or it's somebody else, I, I, you know, I don't care. You can have that conversation. But that can't come at the expense of the forward statue or the Hague statue, which were, again, trashed by a mob. If you decide we're not going to replace them, what you're really doing is you're allowing the mob to win. Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. You're on WTMJ. Yes. Hello, Jeff. Okay. It was regards to the statues. Put the ones back up that were destroyed after, of course, they're fixed at taxpayer right. expense. Um, secondly, if they want to put one up, fine. That's great that they want to get involved now after how many years of these statues being up. The mob cannot rule the rest of the land. They are erasing the history that so many people have fought for. I am a World War II reenactor. I also do Vietnam reenacting. I am, I mean, all of our reenactments for the entire year, uh, up until August and September have been canceled. And, I want to give back to the community that I serve, that I bring forward. And now you're telling me that what the mob is saying is, you know what, I don't care enough about your history, but I'm going to force mine down your throat. I don't think so. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we, we're yeah. passionate about. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We kind of lost your cell phone there, Jennifer. And I, I appreciate your passion about this as well. And, and look, I mean, history is, is history. And I, again, I, I, I have avoided some of the, the discussions about, okay, is it appropriate to have a statue of Jefferson Davis in a town square somewhere in Virginia or something? I, and I, I understand, I understand the, the objections to, I don't know, tributes to members of the Confederacy. Okay. But that's not what this was in Madison. And by the way, I don't think this was a strategic looting or anything like that. I just think you had this angry mob that decided in its stupidity that it was going to lash out and try to destroy anything that came in its way. And it was just happenstance that it happened to be, you know, these two statues that they went after. I don't buy this idea that there's any sort of, again, strategic thinking. It was just an unthinking, out-of-control mob, which, by the way, still haven't been very many arrests. This, You'd love to talk to the Madison mayor and the Madison police chief and say, how could all of this have gone on and been filmed and all this, and how how come we're not seeing 30, 40, 50 people you know, arrested? I, I understand... You know, that they're, they're kind of narrowing down. Well, we've got one guy arrested for trying to firebomb the city county building or, or whatever. But what about all these other people? I mean, th- this, this idea that we're not going to hold people accountable for their illegal behavior. And again, I, we, we can have a conversation about do we need more statues on the Capitol Square and who should we pick to be those statues? Fair conversation, willing to engage in it, might even have some input on that. But this idea that we're not going to replace the statues that the mob destroyed, okay, don't don't bring that to me. This is Jeff Wagner.